Welcome to the Summit Seeker Podcast, where personal growth and positive change are at the heart of everything we do. Our team believes in putting people first, building strong relationships, and fostering a community of continuous learning and improvement. Join me, your host, Alec Myers, as we explore a range of topics related to personal growth, from developing better communication skills to achieving your goals and making a positive impact in the world. Whether you're just starting your personal growth journey or you're looking for fresh ideas and inspiration, this podcast is for you. So come along on this journey with us as we explore what it means to live a life of purpose, growth, and positive change. Let's make a difference in the world one step at a time. Today we're diving into the topic of open, honest, and productive communication and why it's crucial for both personal and professional growth. Communication, to me, is the foundation of all relationships. And by mastering this skill, we can enhance our connections with others and achieve greater success in our careers. Um, Join us as we explore the benefits of open, honest, and productive communication and how it can lead to better collaboration. We're gonna talk about building stronger relationships, um, improved decision-making. We'll also provide tips for overcoming common communication challenges and share examples of successful communication in action. The guest I have on today is a very good friend of mine, um, mentor, friend, business partner, um, you know, and, and, and I'm very, very happy to be uh, to be in business with Mr. Grant Lieber. So Grant Lieber, say hello and uh, tell us where you're from and introduce yourself. Man, what's a uh, lot to live up to. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, Grant Lieber, I am out here in Chandler, Arizona. Grew up in San Diego, uh, moved out to, to go to school at Arizona State, and I've uh, hung out in the desert ever since. So I really wanted to just kind of dive in to uh, a couple of things. And, you know, you're, you're a person, Grant. I mean, I, I've never really had this kind of relationship with a person like you or, or this type of relationship with someone. And... You know, in, in the beginning, you know, you, you and I met when in July of 2018, right? So just kind of coming up on five years now. And one of the things that I've, that I've really appreciated is our ability to have open and honest communication. I feel like kind of from the beginning, we, like we just, it, it just was what it was. I was in a very hard space you know, and financially, and, you know, you were young, having success with this awesome company. And, you know, I, I really, I really had to lean on you and kind of swallow some pride and, and, and and really just kind of learn from you. And I think you've been a very good model in my life for what it means to be open and honest. And, you know, communication in, in what we do, is very, very important because we don't meet at an office from nine to five. You're in Arizona, I'm in Texas, you know, and so it's important that we're clear, you know, that we, we don't jump to conclusions. We look at challenges objectively because there are challenges, right? You know, progress is always going to be the byproduct of conflict. And so, Yeah. 
Well, I think the main thing that we've always had a common ground on, and I think is really the framework for a good working relationship and just kind of the the prerequisite to having open and honest communication is really just being having a common goal. And I think that's something that we just always had from the beginning was always a common goal. And even though we maybe had um, some differences when it comes to personality and when it comes to approach, there's never been a time where we were ever rowing in a different direction from a goal perspective. And so I think from that standpoint, it's always just been pretty effective for us to work together. And, uh, you know, even though that, that you know, if, if you're familiar with kind of the giant five voices or some of the personality types that I have a little bit more of that kind of pioneering mode, which, you know, makes it at some points where I'm a little bit more goal oriented and not path oriented. And I know that that frustrates people that have some different personality types or maybe they need to see the whole bridge laid out ahead of time. Um, and I know that's been definitely something that we've, we've worked on and we continue to work on through, through, you know, as we work together. But I think the main thing has just been it's so easy for us to have an effective communication because we both know what we want and we're a little bit pliable and flexible in our ability to get there. You know, like you're saying, being pliable and flexible, there, there's a compromise right? Like we do have a common goal, but we're, we operate very differently. We handle stress differently. <laughs> you know, we, we've had different experiences. We've had different heartbreaks. We've had different wins, you know, what we would consider victories, you know? And so I think open and honest communication is, is very important. You know, it's, it like, it's exactly what you said. It's finding, finding that common ground, um, you know, being transparent, being truthful, you know, and, and there's some times where we've had to have conversations that, that weren't, that weren't very fuzzy and they were kind of tough conversations, but, but, you know, we had the relationship and the trust enough to kind of be ourselves, you know, and, and find that solution, you know? So I, I would say defining, you know, if I were to define open and honest and productive communication, it would be finding common ground and finding common ground and being truthful and transparent and finding a solution. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, kind of removing yourself and finding a solution. You, you want to kind of speak to, you know, maybe what defining that looks like. Yeah, to I, I think the main thing about how you work with other people is that you have to stay within yourself. And I think obviously there's a big element of that where there's, there's growth. You want to be able to stay within yourself. And, and sometimes you have to develop to a person that you're not quite there yet. Um, to be able to have those skills to work with a variety of different people and to be able to, to help other people kind of with understanding your message in the intended way. But I think it just starts with staying within yourself. And like the second that you ever try and pretend to be someone that you're not, you know, everyone else picks up on that and everyone else kind of understands that you're not really being authentic to, you know, who you are. And, and there's an element there of maybe there's other you know, styles of communication that maybe you're working on and developing in. And so there's some room for flexibility there. But I think the main thing is like, whenever you're working with somebody, and this doesn't matter if it's a friend relationship or a business relationship, you just want to come from the standpoint of, I don't ever have to question if the other person is talking to me in someone else's voice. And I think that's the main factor is like, I know that whenever I'm working with somebody, I'm trying to deliver a message that is exactly how I would say it, and then try and from there tailor it to how it's going to best effectively work with that person and how they're going to receive it. And, you know, for example, there's some people where you can 
kind of, you know, you don't have to, to get on the phone with them and, and, and maybe you don't have to start with, you know, hey, how are you? How's your day? How's the family? You know, and then maybe slowly work into something that could potentially be a challenging conversation. You can kind of just go, uh, hey, man, just wanted to, to let you know, I got a letter in the mail about you from uh, this insurance company. Can we talk about that? You know, like sometimes you, you, you know, with certain people, you can maybe dive right into it and that's how they appreciate you communicating because they want you to be direct and not make it sound like you're calling with a different agenda and then that's maybe a secondary part. And then there's other people that like, they maybe need to be a little bit warmed up to, you know, what you're going to talk about. And they appreciate that you're taking a little bit more time to slow down and work with them on how is the family and how are you doing and kind of a, a check in there. So I think the, the main focus that I have, and I'm still, of course, working on getting better at this every day is just trying to understand how to stay within myself to be true to myself, but also communicate in a way that people are, are the most receptive of. Yeah, man, it's all about delivery. <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, I, I talk to my kids differently than I talk to my wife, you know, and, and we talked about this kind of on another, on another podcast or a, another episode, but, um, the delivery is everything because you can say one thing and mean another. And there are so many different innuendos and nuances with, with even the English language that, you know, it, it's important to know your audience, right? Like it's important to know, like read the room, you know? And like, what about like when it, when it comes down to reading the room, like how do you, how would you emphasize like an environment with a team, you know, like we have, we have huddles, you know, you and I both have teams. We have huddles that jump on, you know, we talk to them about what's good, what's bad, what's ugly. Like why is open and honest communication important in creating a productive environment? I think it starts with knowing who your audience is and through the conversations that you have with certain people on an individual basis, you hopefully can develop how they best communicate and whether or not they're a little bit more extroverted or introverted. And, you know, what that could mean if we're translating to, to being on a huddle up call, you know, there might be some people where I might need to necessarily, you know, kind of make it very clear it's their turn to speak because they might not feel comfortable just jumping out there and saying something. And then other people, you kind of can just go, all right, anybody have any thoughts? And then they'll, you know, that more extroverted uh, type of, of uh, personality might just come out kind of a little bit more openly about uh, what they have to say. And so I think it starts with, you know, having the open and honest communication is giving people the ability to be open and honest. And really that just starts with letting them speak in general and, and knowing like how to give them the floor, I think is, is the first part of it. Um, and then, you know, when you're first working with people, it's very challenging to know because you've got to feel out the situation and, you know, generally our initial contact with a lot of people is not in a group setting and therefore you have a little bit more freedom and flexibility to kind of have that one-on-one -on -one communication and learn more about them. But whenever you do first meet people in a group setting, I think it starts with treating them as if they maybe need a little bit more assistance to feel comfortable speaking. They maybe need you to kind of prompt them with a question so that they can kind of not have to just sort of throw up on you what maybe all the things they're thinking about. And then from there, you can kind of develop what their personality type is and how you're going to allow them to, to be open. And then, you know, when we talk about the word honest, I mean, honesty, I think it all comes back to trust. So if you are allowing people to be honest with you and you see that people are being honest with you, that's a really good indicator that they trust you. 
um, because usually, you know, we're not very open and honest with strangers or people that we don't exactly feel comfortable around. And so there's the, there's the initial element of how do I create a welcoming, comfortable, trust-based environment where people, whether for good or for bad, can tell me exactly what they think. To that point, what, what are some things that you can do? Like, what are some things that you would do if you were to come up to a stranger? Like, what are some of the questions that you would ask in that environment to create like a trusting environment? You know, what, what are some questions that you would ask? And, and where, where I'm going with this is, you know, people kind of like to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. When it comes to communication, there's, there's good questions and then there's better questions. So, you know, you being, you know, the, the social butterfly that you are, what, what are some of those questions that you would use to kind of create a productive environment with someone you don't normally interact with or that's kind of on the cold side of the relationship? Yeah. So I think one thing is being very vigilant about what you notice about someone or maybe what you overheard them talking about. And that's a really good segue for you to ask an initial question. So like, for example, um, if I'm uh, if I'm out on the golf course, you know, let's just take it back to an example from this weekend, and, and I got paired with somebody that I didn't know. They're a stranger in our group, and uh, you know, I kind of, you know, you start with, uh, "Hey, my name's Grant. What's your name?" And and, and you kind of, "Oh, it's Steve." And then I'm like, "Hey, you know, I love those uh, those irons that you have. Have you like been using those same clubs for a while, or are those those newer ones?" Like, and you create a question that makes them think and makes them interact. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with opening up with like, let's talk about the weather. Or let's talk about, hey, where are you from? Because those are kind of some softball, you know, questions, but they're a little too surface yeah. level. So like, I just love, and I also, I don't want to ask a question that I don't really care about the answer. <laughs> like, and that's something to kind of be careful of is like, I'm being disingenuous. If I ask you a question, that's kind of a entry level. I'm kind of trying to learn more about you, but at the end of the day, I'm not that interested in what your answer is. Like, you know, where you're from. Like, okay, it's kind of interesting if maybe you said San Diego and we're both from San Diego and we have a common ground. But if you say you're from like Des Moines, Iowa, I'm like, well, I got nothing in common with you there. So that's interesting, I guess. So I would rather, you know, ask a question that that allows us to, to both be excited about talking about it and open up some form of common ground, regardless if they're a different age or they're a different mindset or they're a different, Mm. you know, socioeconomic class of person. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it just boils down to be yourself, you know, like you just got to be yourself. If if you try and point out something or, you know, force a conversation, it's felt At, at least I, I don't, I mean, have you ever been in that situation where Someone's kind of forcing a conversation. So how you doing? Yeah, and you're like, well, in the back of your mind, you're like, what's their objective here? What's you know, what's yeah, what's why? the agenda? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I think it just comes down to being yourself, and you know, <clears throat> that was hard for me to do for a while. Was learn how to be myself. I had a lot of doubts about myself, and you know, sh- struggled with value and self worth, just like I think anyone else does, but. It's kind of like working out like it's a muscle that needs to be flexed, like your social muscle needs to be flexed. Um, I I had brunch this morning with with a guy that that I've kind of seen often on the ice and super good guy. And, um, you know, it's it's important to just surround yourself with people that are humming, people that have the, you know, goals. And, you know, when it comes to meeting with warmer people, you know, people that you you're kind of more of an acquaintance with, um, you know, how, 
how do you navigate all the information that you know about your acquaintances? And, and what I mean is there's times where I'll meet with someone and I've seen them. I know their name, you know, but for the love of me, I don't know what their kids' names are. I don't even really know if they're married. I don't know, you know, that they just got back from their anniversary cruise or whatever, even if they've told me a hundred times, <laughs> you know, like, like, th- does that ever happen to you? Yeah. Like with some of those warmer people, like, how do you, how do you navigate that? Cause you want to be honest, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to seem like you don't care about the relationship. So yeah, just with well, the first example I can think of that just immediately come to mind is the fact that we go to all these events and all these conferences, we work with a lot of different people. And there's sometimes that people come up to us and I know that I'm supposed to know them, but I don't like you ever have that where you're just like, you have someone come up to you and you're like, you look very familiar. I've seen you before. Maybe I remember your name, but like, honestly, I'm just kind of drawn a blank on maybe where you fit in or maybe where our previous conversations have gone. And so I think the main cheat sheet that I've always used, number one, there's two kind of funny cheat sheets if people are wearing name tags. So whenever people are at an event, like a conference, they've always got like the hang tag kind of lanyard deal. And the rookie move is you walk up to people eyes down looking at their name tag. You totally gave yourself away. So the secret that I do, I'm totally I know. Guilty. And so the secret, and here's the pro tip, is even if you have no idea who they are and you absolutely need to look at their name tag to figure it out, wait like five to ten seconds into the conversation before you make that move because then they won't pick up on that. Like, you know, and I would be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? And then, you know, you say something. And then as you're talking, I look down and go, oh, yeah, Al. Um, so, so that's kind of the thing is I lead with eyes, eye contact is really crucial. And then you kind of move down to look at the name tag. Um, and then there's other personality things, you know, that could be funny with that. You know, you could just grab down and be like, Hey, you got, you got that flipped around there. Um, let me get that right for the next guy who doesn't know you. Cause I definitely do. Um, <laughs> made it forward. forward. That's right. So there's no, but I, I think what you're probably really asking is more like, how do you kind of, how do you maybe nurture a relationship where potentially the other person thinks it's further along than you do? Is that kind of where you're going with this? Yeah. I mean, because, you know, as, as you flex that social muscle and there's some people that are just great at, you know, kind of categorizing and itemizing relationships and, you know, for, for people like myself being so in the moment, it's like, you know, the, the next person I see is like, oh, shiny, shiny relationship. It's a new relationship, new relationship, new relationship. And so where I find value in all of those relationships, I often find that some of the details just, yeah, they're just absent. You know? Well, I think that's a, that's just a natural element of having like a lot of friends or a lot of acquaintances. And I think it's just one thing that you can, you can never really avoid that it is really hard to kind of track where everyone is and, and where you're at with everyone. And so, you know, I think of it, my main approach is I just kind of think of like, everybody's my friend until proven otherwise. Like you're, we're, we're, we're friends until you prove to me that we're not. And I, and I guess what I mean by that is I try and approach people, even if they're perfectly strangers, as if, you know, we should kind of know each other because then it kind of makes it where like, there's not this first date awkwardness. You know, like I want to make it where when I work with somebody and I talk to them, I sort of make it, you know, I want to make them feel like we've already had conversations before and they can have the flexibility and freedom to kind of say what they want. Yeah. Again, I, I think it, you just got to be yourself. The conversation is the relationship. You know, when, when it comes to communication, open, honest and productive communication, you know, I always think of that 
there, there's a part in the beginning of the book, Crucial Conversations. I'm sorry, Fierce Conversations by Susan Scott. There's a part in the beginning where, you know, the the scenario is where a husband and a wife are having an argument. And one of them says, you know, how many times do we have to talk about this? You know, we've been over this a thousand times. You know, why can't we just have one major conversation and be done with it? Well, there's a very simple answer for that. And, and it's explained in that book, Fierce Conversations, that the conversation is the relationship. Like, especially when it comes to tough conversations, like when you really care about someone and you have to have a tough conversation, like, like just for example, you know, if someone's going, you know, if they have an addiction to something and, you know, you have those intervention that, that the intervention, that's an open, honest conversation. Sometimes it's not always productive because it's very emotional mm -hmm. and, you know, it's tough to kind of look at things objectively, but you know, when it, when it comes to productive conversation, like let's talk about some conversations that you and you and I have had. There have been some times where we didn't really agree on the direction at, at which not necessarily the company was going, but the, the direction that, you know, we wanted our leadership to go. We didn't really have our vision for what we wanted for the business was just slightly different. Neither one of us was wrong. You know what I mean? But it was a conversation that, that we needed to have, you know? So I, I guess, I guess kind of talk to me about, you know, the conversation and like how mentoring someone like my, like myself, like what, what was that like? Like, was that a tough conversation to have? Like, were there some doubts? Were there some things that you wanted differently? Yeah. Like, can you just kind of talk about that? I mean, I would say like the, the leadership growth that we've had together and some of the differences we've had about some of those directions and styles have been one of the key elements to my ability to develop in leadership and to learn how to communicate with people. And so, you know, there was a lot of conversations where I left really feeling extremely disappointed with the outcome. And there's also been a lot of conversations where I left feeling like I gave up. I, I didn't hold my ground because I wanted to stay diplomatic. And I think there's also been some times where I kind of held my ground and I did it to the point where there was a little bit of like a point came across that created a little bit more of an opening. So like, I think in, in our relationship, I think it came in where, you know, early on, whenever you work with somebody new and you kind of maybe perceive them as sort of the mentor or the leader, you give them a little bit more leeway, I think to kind of listen and kind of follow their lead and, and kind of just adapt to what their style is. And then I think as you go along and you develop certain skill sets and you kind of get more confidence as you go, you know, you become a little bit more of that, you know, a peer than I guess kind of a, a mentee, right? And I think as, you know, we've developed into that relationship where like we truly are business partners, you know, it's not like, you know, you're calling me up to ask about, you know, some very basic sales things that maybe we would do in the beginning of this business with a newer, newer person, 
you know, and we did become that kind of peer relationship where everything was really equal and you've got your agency and I got my agency. It created a little bit of a challenge because we really determined that our styles and our philosophies did differ a little bit. Even though our goals at the end of the day are the same, and our goals have always yep, been, same. you know, we want an awesome lifestyle, we want to help other people, we want to do the right thing by others, and, you know, we want to just grow, but we kind of differed in, like, maybe what are the, the day-to-day activities that will help us get there, and we also, probably the biggest challenge that I think you and I had is that you and I have always had a pretty good relationship, however, there's been kind of third parties that we're both connected with in leadership that we've independently had very different relationships with. And honestly, that's <laughs> yes. probably been the heart of any of the, the challenge is just like, you know, you and I are good, but it's like I'm trying to stay good with this guy and he's not good with you. And now it's this like weird kind of triangle of, you know, I found myself being, you know, a little bit too diplomatic, a little bit too much of a middleman where it's like, well, I'm just trying to hold everybody together, and and I honestly felt really soft. Like during that period of time, I'm like, man, I'm really not saying what I want to say because I don't want to make either of these people just kind of shut down. And I think that was one of the biggest aspect of like, how do I uh, try and you know, if I have something that I feel is wrong or needs to change, or I just want to share my opinion, how do I give enough of that opinion to make that point heard and try and communicate that thought? but not to kind of go so far to necessarily choose a side, I guess. And that was the tough like challenge during that period is like, it was kind of like you had to pick a side and that's never how you want it to be. Yeah. That's, that's a tough space. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? <clears throat> I mean, what do you think? Well, I know what it is for me, but what do you think it was for you like where, where was that resolve in overcoming that challenge? Like if you could kind of look back and see like what, what would be the resolve phase for, for kind of overcoming that challenge? I mean, I think the truth of it is it was just a matter of time and it wasn't necessarily a big breakthrough. I think with any one particular communication, I think what happened is there was some, initial little conflict where you kind of butt heads on certain things. And then there was the attempt to kind of mend it and the mending of it actually made it worse <laughs> where it was like, there was even more of a divide. It's like, we tried to bring everybody together, but it actually created more of a divide because people's true kind of feel. Are, 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 you, are you talking about when we got on zoom and it was just like, well, not, not doing yep, that. That was definitely one of those times. And, and, but it, but it was yep. good because we never truly knew where each other stood until those really challenging calls happened. So, you know, once we finally got together and it was like, all right, we're trying to kind of get together. Let's talk about where our differences are. It's really like, Hey, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I want to do this. And, um, and that's where there was a rift created. And so part of you talk about the resolve, the resolution was the fact that we probably didn't have the right framework to begin with. So I think that's another element yeah. of it is like, we really just discovered that, you know, two years ago, we probably should have been a little bit closer on these particular philosophies and these mindsets and these processes. So, you know, even though in the moment it was a very stressful, like, you know, blow up potentially that, you know, it really just was a result of having unmet expectations and 
kind of unclear sort of communication up until that point. And then finally, we were able to kind of work our way back where now it's all interwoven with a sense of understanding from all parties. And so now those relate, you know, because and, and I look at some of those relationships where, you know, I know we've had the conversation of like, I'm never working with that person again, you know, and now we've really been able to kind of recover some of that so that there, there is maybe not the strongest relationship with everybody, we're, but we're at least all on the same page. We know where we stand. You know, I will fully admit I have never had a company or a mentor or I've never really been a part of anything that's challenged me the way that I've been challenged working here, like working with this company and working with you and the other, the other leaders. And I think that's fair for a lot of people to say, because what we do just isn't normal. Like we really focus on relationships. We really focus on leadership, discipline, you know, and I think for a handful of us, we just grew and grew and grew, but just kind of grew apart, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we kind of all grew in our own, like we were part of the same roots, part of the same tree, but you know, di you know, with different personalities and different strengths, we just kind of grew, we just kind of grew in different directions. Yeah. You know, we were, we all still had the same common goal, but I didn't think, I mean, I really think that it was a huge learning experience for me because come to find out we're not the only team that that's happened to well, this isn't the only industry that that's happened to like people like leadership teams, people that constantly develop and take extreme ownership in what they're doing. Like teams around the world struggle with that. Yeah. You know, you just, you put, it's, it's kind of like putting a bunch of alphas in a room and it's like, well, my way's better. Well, no, my way's better. Well, no, my way's better. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it turns into a fight, you know? So I think, I think my biggest takeaway is you never really, and you, you spoke on stage about this. You never really make it. You're never really there to where you've made it yet. And I think, I think why it's so better, so much better now is we've kind of able, we've been able to calm down. Number one, we didn't quit developing ourselves. And number two, we wanted the relationship to get better. Like we wanted to find some sort of resolve. We didn't, you know, and like we didn't, we knew we had the same goal. We didn't want to relinquish what we were doing, but we found common ground. That's what you were saying in the beginning. We found that common ground of just like, hey, this is my space. This is my space and I'm good at this. I'm good at this. And now, now that we've, you know, had some time to kind of compress and identify strengths in, in different leaders. Now we are moving forward in, in, in a positive light. And I think that's the toughest part about open and honest, productive communication, because when you have a fierce conversation, it can feel like you're defending the whole thing. Like I'm going to die on a hill for this. I'm going to defend what I believe in. And we all believe the same thing and there's not a wrong answer. You know, but what I think it boils down to is we can slow down enough to find the strengths instead of trying to, you know, sell someone on why our way is better. It's better for us to put pen to paper. Who are these individuals and what are their strengths? Let's highlight their strengths. Let's start focusing on how we can leverage each other 
instead of, you know, getting someone to duplicate what we're already doing. And that's leadership collaboration. Leadership collaboration is leveraging each other's strengths. And sometimes you have to kind of go through, sometimes you just have to go through the dump, you know, of that relationship to kind of find the resolve. And so I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of what well, I think. I mean, let's talk about that, that thought of, you know, I'm not there yet because that kind of sentiment and that thought process has been both just an incredible heartbreak to have to endure of realizing that like, you know, sometimes you work so hard, you feel like you deserve something and then, you know, just not necessarily having it. And it's like the goalpost just keeps continuing to change. And then the other side of it, it's also been an incredible relief to be in that state of mind of knowing that like, it's okay that you're no, you're maybe not there yet as long as we're kind of progressing towards it. And so I think really this journey has required me to like just change what I consider a win. And I think that's a big, big part of communication is because a win is not that I got my way in this argument. A win is the fact that we were able to open and honestly have a conversation about it. And then you talked about like that's where the relationship is. It's in the conversation. And I look at people that I have stronger relationships with than others, and I find that we're able to communicate without having to like, you're only like, sometimes you listen to someone just so they can stop talking and you can start talking, you know, and it's not someone you're really that eager to talk to. And then there's other people where you're like, I'm actually content and happy to listen to them and I'll talk whenever that time comes. And so I think that's an element of more so just who are your friends? You know, are you friends and do you have relationships with people you enjoy chatting with? And, you know, actually, I was talking to, to someone on an interview a little while back and they said, you know, outside of kind of the, the normal setup and all the company, you know, stuff that you'd maybe normally talk about, what do you really look for in somebody? What are the really the, the positive traits in the character or in just an individual you want to work with? And I said that we could be able to talk to each other, tend to. 15 times a day and not be just terribly annoyed with one another. Like that's really kind of the metric for someone I want to work with is, you know, take apart the fact that you're a hard worker and that you, you know, or will be a student of the business and that you'll really put in, you know, what it takes to win here. Like, can we just talk to each other on a consistent basis and, and, and kind of be okay with having a lot of conversations? And so I think that ability to find people that you really resonate with is really what we're meant to do and like the other element of that is being very very careful about being people that are not that good fit um there's there's a great leader in our business danny young who was talking about if i see a negative person walking towards me by the time they get to where i was i will no longer be there <laughs> like we also got to really be careful in in not only really nurturing relationships with good people but maybe like also being careful about how much we interact with those that are not you know, that, that positive relationship or positive influence for us. And I think that can be something that you really have to develop that muscle to navigate. Um, and probably one of the easiest barometers for that would just be like, is this someone who's at a place where I want to be? Because if they're at a place where I want, where I want to be, then they've developed a skill set that I can use to help me get there on a professional side. And then, you know, if it's just someone who maybe I'm looking to, to decide if I want to be friends with, I maybe just look at like, how do they make other people feel like the people, you know, those people were like, you know, you just finished hanging out with them and you're like, man, James, James was just, you know, really bringing everybody down. And, you know, he was complaining about this and that. And you're just like, yeah, he's part of the group, but you know, we kind of was a bit much today. 
those are kind of the people you just want to really eliminate or eliminate, uh, either eliminate or really decrease your time with because they're not people that like build you up and make you feel good. And so I just look at like, you know, do people leave the interaction with me and feel better or worse about themselves? And I think lately that's been kind of one of the metrics I've just been using to evaluate if I'm doing a good job by others. Yeah, it, it just kind of goes back to leave people better than how you left them, you know, you know, be, be a solution to a problem kind of mentality. You know, for those people that, you know, kind of are a little much in the relationship that are kind of, you know, maybe maybe in between relationships with other people, like, do you have a conversation with them? Do you say, hey, you're you're acting, you know, you're acting kind of whack, <laughs> I guess whatever the kids say nowadays, yeah. but like, do you, do you have a conversation with them or do you talk with other people? I mean, or, or, I mean, have you ever been in groups where they're just like, yeah, man, we're kicking James out. You know, James is no, James is no more. We're taking his jacket, taking his patch, you know, like, yeah. Well, I, I think it depends how, when do you determine a problem is really a problem? And I think at that point, you know, that there's a whole another can of worms and just determining whether something really is or isn't a problem. But I think in that moment, the, you know, clear is kind. And one of the things about being clear is that maybe in the moment it's not very kind, but it's open and honest. And so it goes back to delivery. So, you know, I think that if something is wrong enough that it's consistently created a problem for you or others around you and you don't feel that that person is doing it because people are not like knowingly trying to be, you know, a blood-sucking, energy-sucking vampire. Like, nobody goes into a room and is going to be like, you know what, I'm going to ruin that guy's day. That's what I got on my agenda. Like, that's not really what happens. So, you know, understanding that by being open and honest about the fact that they're, they're probably having an unintended result with how they work with other people or how they talk to other people really can be, like, kind of a gift to them. And even though that's probably going to be a, a punch in the gut for them in that moment, it's a needed thing to help people evaluate. And I can tell you, like, for me, I've been so fortunate that people have reminded me of the times that I really have screwed up and, you know, the relationships that I've messed up. And, you know, I have a perfect example. This was something that was, you know, it, it brought me down really for a couple of days was, you know, I had I had a business partner that ended up quitting. And I couldn't figure it out for the life of me because they kept telling me how grateful they were to work with me and that, you know, we had a lot of good conversations and they were so happy that they had my support. And then, you know, they go into hiding for two weeks and then like I get a text from them that they just decided they don't want to, you know, be part of this anymore. And I said, well, you know, would you be open to providing a little bit of a feedback and kind of doing an exit interview? And I actually had, um, you know, one of the other leaders here do a com have a conversation with them about, you know, what was it about maybe my leadership that was good, bad, and ugly? What was it about maybe the overall structure that we have that made them, you know, not want to hang out here long term? And I couldn't believe the feedback. It was like such a punch in the gut of, you know, there were things that they questioned about my integrity. And there were things that they questioned about, you know, how I work with others and how my lifestyle is. And, you know, there was an element of that of like, all right, this isn't for you. So, you know, it didn't matter who your leader was, you were probably going to feel that way. But then there was another element of like, wow, there's really some some reflection that I need to, to have on maybe how I do communicate with certain people. And, you know, there's certain people, for example, where like, you know, I'm a guy who likes to drop an F-bomb every now and again. Like, it's just how I communicate. I like to swear. And it's just it's how I kind of, you know, uh, uh, make a point potentially. 
but it's not for the perspective of just trying to be vulgar or vulgar or vulgar <laughs> or rude it's just from that standpoint of that's just how i talk and so apparently there's you know part of that that conversation is they didn't like that communication style you know they wanted something that was going to have more appropriate language and it was going to be a little bit more um kind of i guess traditional in a conversation and so you know that really for me was was a big like awakening moment of like all right i need to take some of that and i need to develop that into my routine when i evaluate who my audience is i need to get better at knowing who i'm talking to and how to best communicate with them and then there's also another element of like understand that you know some people's feedback in the moment really is more about them than it is about you and uh and, and so kind of filtering it through that lens allows me to grow through that experience and make some adjustments through that experience but not to make me question who I am as a leader. I think reflection is so important. You know, like you, like you talked about reading the room, um, you know, that, like there's some people that like, they don't just, they don't just walk into a room and say, Hey, how do I ruin this guy's day? You know, but I think reading the room and knowing, knowing your purpose, you know, because it's easy for us to say things like, well, you know, I'm, I'm at the top of the food chain in the room here. I'm in the wrong room. Like you've, you've seen different memes and different posters of stuff of like, if you're the most successful person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. I disagree with that because on the flip side to that, there is someone else in that room that might need some insight. They might need some advice because once upon a time you were in that same room at the bottom of the totem pole and you needed advice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think reflection is so important and, and being in conversations and, and knowing what your purpose is in the moment is your purpose to actively listen or is your purpose to gather information is your purpose to, you know, speak more, provide feedback, insight. And so, you know, I just, I think, I think reflection is important and I mean, when it comes to different, you know, different leaders and, and how we work with individuals in our type of business in insurance, it just requires a certain type of person. And I, I guess to put it, I guess to put it mildly, you know, there comes a time where if we're growing in one direction, if we're growing together, we can outgrow relationships relationships can be outgrown. And of course, all of us need some type of reflection in our relationships and what we're doing and our lifestyles. But at the same time, you know, it's not uncommon that if we keep growing and people are left behind, I mean, there's, we don't have to go name and names with other people that we've seen in this business, but there are times where people just outgrow. They just outgrow the friendship and the business keeps going and the the person that stops growing is just kind of left behind you know and i think that happens more often than not i mean especially i mean what i can say about you is i mean you're you're a very large part of why i have what i have and i don't think i've appreciated you or shown enough gratitude to you for what you've done for me my family how patient you've been with some of these crucial conversations that we've had some of these tough, you know, relationships we've had to navigate. And, you know, I, I just want to say that I, I do really appreciate you. 
and I appreciate the tough conversations we have. And I feel like my business wouldn't be where it is right now if it hadn't been for the conversations that we've navigated together. So yeah, well, I really appreciate you saying that. And like, you know, you've been such a big part of, of my growth and development. And, you know, there was definitely so many of those conversations where, you know, it, it meant a lot to me and I lost sleep over like, dude, did I do the right thing in that moment? And, you know, how can I get better? And where did I screw up? And like, you know, man, why can't we all just get along? And, and, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's always tough because, you know, you, you work with people that you care so much about and um, you really just have to, you know, meet them where they are. And so, um, you know, the good thing is that, like, you know, you've always been in a spot where you're moving forward and you're growing such a substantial rate that you've really pushed me to have to, to grow a lot more to, to, stay, to stay with you. Open and honest and productive communication is, is really important. It's important to know your audience. It's important to know, you know, how to deliver what you want to say so it's going to be received in the right way to be productive. You know, and whether it's professionalism or personal life, you know, communication is the relationship. You know, don't avoid the conversation. Have the conversation because the conversation is going to strengthen that relationship 100%. So... Grant, I want to thank you so much, man, for, for coming on. I, you know, it's been truly an honor to, to work with you, and, and I'm really excited for what we can see from both of us for the next several years. So thanks, man. 